Hello everyone, welcome to Anecdotes with Marian. It is I, Marian Alexis, your host for this podcast. Hey guys, so another episode of Anecdotes with Marian. This is already episode 5. Wow, thank you for for waiting and for understanding. I also want to say sorry for the delayment of this and the postponement because you you guys all know that the past two weeks was just really tough and disheartening. You guys have seen in the news that our country was hit by two typhoons, Roly and Ulysses. So even though I wanted to post two weeks ago, of course, uh, I, I just couldn't after that happened. I wanted to be sensitive with what's going on and it just f- did not feel right to post an episode that talks about relationships or a love even though it's so valid all of the questions are so valid i just felt that it wasn't the right time to to be posting and i was concerned my head was worried i was looking for ways on how to help on my own little ways like how can i donate a small amount how can i donate a meal or some relief goods how can i bring on these clothes to the victims of that typhoon so that's where my head was and i just didn't have the time to record also because uh we experienced two days of blackout almost almost two days and three days of on and off water supplies so yeah no time to record definitely and four days ago i also wanted to post this episode because i already finished half of it but then another personal issue occurred wherein my concern and my support has to be there in that certain issue so yeah um i'm just glad that you guys still waited and you're tuning in now so thank you and with this episode i'm going to talk about relationships like i said or mentioned earlier and it's the questions together with the other ones that i've gathered months ago before i started the podcast and yeah this will be insights that i have It will be me imagining myself if I were in this situation or in this circumstance. I don't want to pretend that I am such a good love guru because I don't want that shit. And we all know that there's no perfect relationships. So yeah, this is just me giving my insights, me sharing some thoughts and it will be up to you to be encouraged or to be enlightened with whatever i'm going to share with what i'm going to talk about so let's get to it 
All right, so we have the first question. This is from my ex-co-worker, and he is asking, some say that you need to love yourself first before loving others, but how do you love yourself? And how would you know if you love yourself enough? Okay, thank you for this question question is such a tough first question but what the heck okay so for me I think love yourself first is one of the most common and I think also one of the most overrated advice anyone can give you and I don't know it's just not applicable to everyone I mean we're not privileged we're not all privileged to to be surrounded by love and to have love as our foundation in the environment that we're in so it's really hard to say and to enforce that to to everyone that you know you should love yourself it's it's hard to say that to everyone and i stop saying that to everyone or giving that kind of advice to everyone because sometimes or even most times people need to feel pain People need to experience hurt. People need to to know struggles or a lot of negative emotions before learning and knowing about love, about giving themselves love. So yeah, it's it's not applicable for everyone. No, love yourself so that you love others. It's hard. It's hard to to give that kind of advice to everyone. But for me, how do you love yourself? I guess you love yourself when you start taking care of yourself. If you start seeing bad patterns or hidden toxic patterns that you need to to really change and for you to intentionally build self-awareness you start loving yourself when when you question your perception when you start being more compassionate and honest and kind you know to to yourself and when you have these dialogue wherein it involves those three things compassion kindness and honesty it's about digging deeper into what you really want what your motivations are and and have the humility to know what what you can learn more because i feel that when you have self awareness and you start taking care of yourself and knowing what 
what you want and what's best for you, that is when you start loving yourself. And for the other question, how how would you know if you love yourself enough? I think that's the same. You when you start realizing these things. Pag nasabi mo na sa sarili mo na oh shit. Um I I don't want those things for myself anymore. It, it's not something that I can tolerate or these are the kinds of boundaries that I want for myself. So when you realize those things, when you start thinking about those things, I think that is when you start realizing that you love yourself enough. When when there's care, when there's compassion, that's that's love. That's you loving yourself. Yay, it's raining, so it's a little bit chill here. Okay, I also want to add in question number one that self-love, finding love for yourself, or trying to distinguish if you love yourself is if you love yourself enough is not an easy task. Because most of us are not handed love. We're not given guidelines, you know, we're not, we're not all privileged, like I said, or like I mentioned earlier. So it's an everyday struggle. It's an ongoing process. Even I myself, I still struggle and there are still bad days wherein uh, I'm confused or I have doubts for myself. I don't know if if i love myself enough you know you you have these days and that's all right it's totally normal but as long as you have the power or the motivation to pick yourself up again and to understand yourself and forgive yourself again that's you loving yourself that's you trying to love yourself enough as much as there's effort of you becoming the best version of yourself or you encouraging yourself, that's self-love. And it's okay. I guess most of us are giving this kind of advice to the younger generation, like to our younger friends, younger relative members, because it's out of concern, because we've been there and we've done that. So it's totally normal why we usually say that you know you have to love yourself first before you find a boyfriend you have to love yourself first before entering into a relationship and also because we've seen them suffer and we've seen them really heartbroken so we say it out of concern but like i said at the same time it's not for everyone because it's a learning process, it's an ongoing process. You also need to to learn pain, to discover love through pain and through struggles. So it's also hypocritical if I say 
like, hey, you should love yourself, girl, before you find someone. When I, <laughs> I got into a relationship at a very young age, but yeah, uh, it's still it's still applicable to to say, but like I said, not not for everyone. All right, so we have question number two okay it says what are the things you wouldn't tolerate in a relationship um hmm i will mention five okay maybe five (laughs) things that i can think of at the moment first would definitely be disrespect i cannot tolerate that in a relationship because i feel like if your partner disrespects you and not just you okay disrespects you your family and your friends it's where everything starts like all the bad red flags will start because if your partner loses respect he can do a lot of bad things. Respect is one of the biggest foundation that you you can have. And it's what makes things afloat. It's what makes you safe. Like even though you have misunderstandings or miscommunication, as long as there's still respect, you can still, you know, learn from each other and you can still apologize to each other. But if there's no more respect, then imagine what what your partner can do, deba. Right? So I cannot tolerate disrespect. Next would be disloyalty or dishonesty or unfaithfulness. Because, I don't know, I... Why would I stay with a person who would constantly lie to me? It's just like being with someone and stepping on or being in a relationship wherein I don't know where I stand because the trust is already broken. So it also has to do with respect. Because if your partner respects you, then he would respect what you're going to feel. He's not going to cheat on you. He's not going to be unfaithful. He's not going to lie to you. He's going to be honest. So, these are the things that I can no longer tolerate. And next would have to be abuse. And I'm not just talking about physical abuse. I'm also talking about emotional abuse abuse because that's just a big no um i cannot i cannot stay with someone who will hurt me physically especially if that person hurt me once like goodbye i don't need you i cannot i cannot live with that and with the emotional one you know if the abuse will start and it will continue to go on 
I I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I don't know if I can ever survive, or I can ever recover from that. So, in the first place, if I see red flags or I see anything that will that will um, that will spark abuse I don't know that will start the abuse I'm just gonna end it like I'm sorry but you can't be in my life dude and next would be um, if the person keeps committing the same mistakes, if he would constantly say sorry without changed behavior, when it's not accompanied by changed behavior or accompanied by actions. Because I feel that if you commit a mistake, or you've done something that really wounded me, your, your sorry has to be different from the last time. Your sorry has to be accompanied by efforts, by a lot of rebuilding. So I cannot tolerate something that, you know, a person will just keep saying sorry and you just keep giving forgiveness. And it's just a repetitive toxic cycle so better just you know be alone and be be safe by yourself than be with that kind of person so again it also goes back to being disrespectful because if you respect your partner you will know how to how to learn and how to grow together with with your mistakes or whatever bad shit you've done and lastly um would have to be endangering my mental health you guys know that it's one of my advocacy it's one of the things that I want to give awareness of mental health is really important so if someone like if a partner belittles my mental health or endangering my mental health and does not know how to 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 honor it or to protect it then I I can't tolerate that because I want someone who would make me feel safe and would totally understand and have a lot of patience when it comes to my mental health. You know, to to work together because I will do the same for for my partner. So those are the things that I can think of at the moment. Disrespect disloyalty abused um you know sorry that are not accompanied by changed behaviors and yeah the last one endangering 
mental health or endangering my mental health. Nice, the rain stopped. So I guess I can record and, you know, not have <laughs> raindrops on my background. Okay, so number three. Um, the question is, should you give people second chances? Okay, so if you guys listen to some of my episodes... I mentioned that I am a <laughs> patient person and yeah, I I believe in second chances. I believe in giving people forgiveness as long as they have redeemed themselves and they have shown sincere or genuine efforts to bring back what was lost. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships, but it applies to all the relationships I have. Platonic, with family, with friends. So, yeah, it it's applicable. It's possible that I will give chances, give second chances to, to people. And it also depends on on the kind of hurt or the kind of damage that person caused. Because I can't say it's always let bygones be bygones. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> like I mentioned earlier... You know, what I cannot tolerate is that people saying sorry without change behavior, without accompanying it with change behavior. Kasi parang paulit-ulit lang. So, if a person already tested my patience and if I'm already filled with... No, not filled, but I'm already empty with with patience towards that person i'm sorry but i can no longer give forgiveness or i can no longer have you go back in my life and that's totally normal you know it's normal if you won't allow that person again to to damage anything that's left in you it's okay to not give that person another chance to to cause more damage so it really depends on the on the hurt or on the pain that person inflicted so we're already in question number four and this is coming from one of my batchmates and it says what advice can you give someone who found out he or she was actually the third party in a relationship 
Okay, so again, I'm not gonna give an advice. I'm just going to give an insight or imagine myself if I was or were in this kind of situation or circumstance. But in reality or in real life, I've never experienced this. I've, I've never felt this. But again, if I was in this kind of situation, the first thing that I would probably do is not blame myself. I will not blame myself or accuse myself because I did not allow this. I did not permit this to happen. Because in the first place, if I knew that the person has a relationship, the person is committed to someone else, I am not even going to entertain that person. I'm not going to give that person a chance to be in my life, you know? So, yeah, that's the first thing that I will do and not blame myself. And second, I will face the circumstance and deal with with the situation no matter how hard it is and to be accountable if I offended anyone especially if the partner knew about me or the wife knows about me that I'm the third party I was a third party without my consent or me being oblivious you know I will be accountable I will still apologize because it it will be important it would probably ease or it will not make a change but it will probably ease that person's feelings or it will probably be you know um something that can contribute to her healing as well so that's the second thing that i will do and to show her or that person receipts hey this is what your husband told me this is what your boyfriend told me here are our conversations these are the things that he promised these are the things that he confessed so that's why I entertained him. That's why I allowed him to be in my life. But if I knew that you existed, I would not. I would not let this happen at all. So that's the second thing that I will do. And lastly, I will leave that person. I am not going to allow that person to... To destroy me because at this age and at this point wherein I've already I've already been through it enough or I've been through so much you know I've lost and I've gained people um, and I've learned a lot from all those mistakes and all those struggles I will not tolerate again i will not tolerate that kind of behavior or that kind of treatment you know because i i've worked so hard to to regain my my value and my worth and to love myself again so if that 
person is just gonna make me a third party? Are you kidding me? So, no. I will not allow that. And I know that I'm saying all of these because I've never experienced it. And it's actually hard for the person who has. So I'm just spitting advices. Not advices again. Oh my gosh. I'm spitting insights here. Okay. And my thoughts about the situation or the circumstance. And what I think I will do if that happens. But of course, it's just one of the shittiest things anyone can can feel, you know? So yeah, I, I, I really do not hope it and wish that for, for anyone. Kasi iba din kasi na oblivious ka na third party ka. And iba din if talagang intention mo or plinano mo, you planned it. You know, it's totally different. So I think that's all I have to say. And that's all my insights regarding this situation or this circumstance. And I hope it was a little bit helpful. Okay, so let's continue with question number five. And it says, how would you assure your partner if he or she is constantly anxious? I love this question because I feel that it's one of the things that needs to be normalized in a relationship. You have to check and ask about each other's mental health. So for me what I would usually do to assure my partner if he is constantly anxious, I I would ask him. I would ask him what what should be done and what I should do, what kind of affirmation or what kind of support he needs from me. And if I get a response, then that's what I need to respect. It's also important to know your partner's love language. So there are a lot. And if he just needs words or he just needs acts of service, then that's what you have to do as a partner. And it's also important that you don't force it and you don't try to fix something um something crucial or something fragile because sometimes the the cause of the anxiety or the trigger of that anxiety is not it does not um involve you or it has nothing to do with you. So it is your partner's own struggle. So you have to respect that. And you don't or you shouldn't add to to his anxieties or to anything that's overwhelming him at the moment. You have to balance it out. Because if you also add, you know, something negative 
are a lot of negative emotions and nothing will be resolved nothing will be nothing will work really and it will just make your partner feel worse and in the end you won't assure him of anything he won't be comforted he won't be understood so you really have to balance and to really see where you can stand from that situation or from whatever triggered him or whatever caused your partner's anxieties and that's also the kind of treatment and that's also the kind of method that i want from my partner every time i have anxieties i don't want him to jump into conclusion i don't want him to try and fix you know my anxieties because if you guys have seen i'm sure you have on social media that Uh, that post wherein it says we are not rehabilitation centers or professional therapists of our partners that's that's true that's so true so yeah um you just don't force it you just don't force it from your partner you don't try to fix your partner if he or she is constantly um feeling anxiety or have these anxieties that you know that affects both of you of course it also affects you but you you just can't force it sometimes and what you have to do is that you be more patient and you be more understanding so that you know what needs more work or you know what needs to be done the next time it happens again so yeah um it's also good if you try to educate yourself with with anxieties with these kinds of problems that will arise in your relationship and you grow from it you learn from it Okay, and next question, number six. What do you do if you don't get the closure or apology from someone who hurt you? Okay, so for me, I would usually let go and move on on my own. I don't try to wait for people to give it to me. And sometimes I just look for the validation and the affirmation that I need for myself. But of course, there are also those pain and those hurt wherein you need closure. You need an apology. It it depends it depends on the kind of damage it depends on the kind of healing process that that you want for yourself if you are the person that was damaged and you are the person that was hurt then you have all the right to ask 
for an apology and for a closure but if it's not given to you i think you deserve to just give it to yourself give yourself the kind of apology that that you need so that you can move on because it's also hard to to beg for it because you're already the person that was hurt and you're the person that was you know that was damaged and that was and that was victimized and it's hard that you have to beg for that it should be automatic from the person or the perpetrator to to ask for an apology and to make efforts to to mend what what they did so if you are the person that was that was hurt it's definitely um it's definitely necessary to to ask that kind of closure from your perpetrator but if it's not coming then you have to move on you have to have the motivation and the power to to move forward because you can't wait forever and you can't get stuck on on the past especially especially when your perpetrator or the person that caused you damage don't know how to be accountable or don't know how to say sorry and don't know how to give the closure so it's really up to you it's in your hands to give yourself forgiveness to find validation in other people or to give that validation to yourself because that's more important when it's coming from you it's also good if you you forgive yourself so yeah that's what i would usually do and i've i think i i experienced that you know i was i was hurt and i was damaged and the apology did not come and i i had to decide and change my perception and really talk myself out of it that you know what i'm i'm the one that was hurt i'm the one that was damaged and this person cannot control me forever and make me regret or make me even more you know make me even more down or make me even more hopeless so i have to to get my shit together and live my life and it's easier said than done really you guys all know that but no matter how hard it is you just really have to pick yourself up and move forward you have to move on because you won't get anywhere if you just stay there and 
wait and wait for something that's never gonna come because the person is an asshole or the person is you know stupid who does not know how to <laughs> give um the story that you need or that person doesn't know how to be accountable and that person is just trying to justify and justify what he's doing or what he or she is doing sorry so yeah just just give it to yourself and have that power to to change your life and to to overcome it so question number seven it says will cheaters ever change dun 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 <laughs> i think this is the question that everyone's waiting for me to answer Shut up. uh but no in all seriousness as much as i believe in giving chances to other people or giving second chances to people i also believe in giving the benefit of the doubt or i believe in people redeeming themselves sincerely and genuinely i believe in people changing for the better in learning from their mistakes or learning from the damage that they caused or the damage that they inflicted to someone else for me i i do get it when people have an open relationship or people dating here and there and being with someone every month or every week or you know they have a, a fast process when it comes to dating i i get that and i understand that because we all have different preferences and we all have different lifestyle and different um i don't know different ways and perspective when it comes to dating and relationship or just you know just fun so we all um we all have different beliefs in that and i understand people who are like that but what i don't get is people who who say they are committed and people who say that they are in love with someone but they have the audacity or they have the um the time to find someone else or be with someone else and have a third or four fourth ngayadaba fourth party in in the relationship um it's a whole new other level or a whole new logic that i don't really get because for me loving one person and being with one person is already hard it's already a lot of work so how can you manage two or three people in in a relationship or being with two or three people it's insane <laughs> <laughs> 
and I think it's for me okay for me it's it's unfair it's absurd like how do you find the time how do you divide the love the attention or the affection to to these people so yeah um, I understand that these kinds of lifestyle and these kinds of relationship exist but for me I'm just not into it I'm not tolerating that kind of thing like I said in the that the question what I can't tolerate in a relationship so if it's done to me I I just have to to let that person go and and find something that I deserve and find something that matches the kind of relationship or the kind of commitment that that I need in my life so yeah if if cheaters can change if I believe that they can change yes because I've seen people changing for the better and there's a lot of possibilities as long as you know they they're accountable they know what they've done and they have the self-awareness that what they did really harmed or really damaged another person's life so it's really up to the person and that's all i can say I also want to add with question number seven that I do not support cheating like if it's done to my friend or if my friends are doing it I would immediately confront them and tell them honestly or give them an earful why are you doing this to yourself why are you doing this to someone that's loyal to you or why are you even committed when you want to be with you know two or three people because if you want to be with a lot of people at the same time then be single do not be committed so that you know it's only your ego it's only your self-esteem that's boosted and you don't have to step on anyone's emotions and you don't have to damage anyone's feelings so it's just that simple to me and that's why i do not tolerate it at all i do believe and i do see people with these kinds of lifestyle but for me it's just no no and it's really up to the person that's been cheated on to differentiate and distinguish whether or not you know their change behavior or their apology is genuine or sincere and that's the thing that's the thing i i also experienced this before in my past relationship when someone cheated on me and someone betrayed me even though i forgave the person and even though i went back with with that person 
it was already hard because there's a big crack in the foundation. Like, how do I fix this? How do I uh, rebuild what was broken down? And it's like stepping on eggshells or, you know, holding on to to very thin rope because you were already at the edge. So it's really hard. It's really hard when people are committed, people are in a relationship, and then this is done to them. All the self-doubt, all the self-worth will definitely be destroyed, will definitely be hard to, to regain. Okay, so we have the next question and number eight says "Mm, how do you unlove a person okay so this question (laughs) this question was just added two weeks ago um i was able to catch up with one of my closest friends and she finally had a question for me. So I did answer her at that time. And I'm going to answer it now as well here on my podcast. So how do you unlove a person? And I told her, I think even though there's no guidelines for this. So for me, to unlove someone is to, to love yourself. To unlove someone is to know that there is something waiting for you. To unlove someone means you have to push away and deprive yourself. Deprive yourself of that person. It's a struggle. And to unlove someone means to go against the currents. To fight every fiber and natural flow of your emotions. It's something it's something difficult to control. To love someone means you have to let your mind win over your heart. And for me in my own personal experience, unloving a person meant um giving that person forgiveness both not just to him but both to myself and to that person it was it was the only way to to give space or to give room for for a new love and i also told uh one of my closest friends that you know words are are always easier when when you say it but it's really hard to apply and like i said there's no guidelines for this how how to unlove a person how to to even consider you know finding new love when you are still currently invested or you're currently in love with with this person still so yeah, um I think you what you have to do is just to really try your best 
not to beat yourself up and I don't know it's just it's really hard to to put in mind because sometimes you don't know the boundaries anymore and I think it's also hard for us to to let go because um it's confusing and at the same time we we allow ourselves to be in this position wherein we're trapped because we feel like we always owe it to someone or something not to leave we sort of tie ourselves to the past or to that person unaware or unintentionally it's like automatic right when you when you love a person you're really invested and you don't know where the stop button is you don't know how to switch it off and we allow ourselves to to go through memories and everything the places and person have given to us and that makes it even harder to do it and most of the time we've been we've been shown and we've been given signs that we already have to move on that we've already outgrown it but still at that given moment or at the current moment it still doesn't feel like an option we still hold on to to the possibilities and even though there are a lot of actions or mixed signals that that are clear you know we're still somehow trapped but like i told her it may not be today or anytime soon that you know how to move on and to unlove that person i know that you know one day you'll have the courage and solid reason to walk away from situations or walk away from the person that aren't even sure of you or someone who's not sure of wanting you in their life because we we just can't make people ready for us or make them act right and we have to take our own timeline take our own pace whatever we need and how long we need to to move forward and to heal and recover and you know to to learn day by day how to be unavailable for that person or learn more of how you want to be valued and treated so you won't have to mirror how you're being treated now to someone else or to a new potential lover it's it's really hard where you're coming from a toxic relationship or a relationship that really damaged you and then when there are new people along the way 
that are showing care and showing love to us, we cannot accept it yet because we are trapped in the past or we don't know how to unlove the person from the past. And yeah, we we sometimes mirror the toxic traits or the toxic cycle that we used to experience from that past relationship to the new one. So it's really important that you you find the time to to unlearn it and to find a new dynamic for for the new potential partner that you'll have or someone else that's going to come your way. And yeah, I really do hope that there there will come a day wherein you you will have the the peace that you're looking for you will find the recovery that you that you need and eventually have room for a new love and have room for a lot of chances and possibilities with other people because if it's really if you're really meant for that person then that's good but if not then it's really time for you to to start it's always the first step that's really hard to make it's so hard to begin the healing process and you recovering but you'll get there you'll get there i i know that and i i claim that <laughs> all right i hope it it was helpful all right so that was a tough question <laughs> number eight let and actually tough they're all of questions and we have question number nine and it says what's the most painful song stuck in your head now can you sing it and try to explain if you have been through it okay so i haven't i haven't been listening to heartbreaking or painful songs because obviously my heart is in a good place i am currently in in a good relationship with my boyfriend and i think the one that i listened to that was really painful or that really hit me was the song paubaya by moira de la torre and paubaya means to voluntarily give up to give way to someone else or to give way to other people or to entrust someone so that's paubaya that's what paubaya means and i am just gonna sing (laughs) i'm just gonna sing a few parts or a few lines okay um the 
first one is Ako ang kailangan Pero di ang mahal Okay, so that means I'm the one that's needed But I'm not the one that's loved <sighs> Diba? It's so... Uh, gosh <laughs> Painful And then there's another line Ako ang kasama Pero hanap mo siya And that means in English I'm the one that you're with But you're looking for someone else Or you're looking for another person And the last would have to be The last line that I want to sing mm. Ako ang kaya ka Pero isip mo siya I'm the one that you're hugging But there's another person in your head Or you're thinking of someone else So, yeah, that's pretty much painful. And I I was able to listen to this because um, the singer, Miss Moira de la Torre, sang this. And it was so good. It even trended. It went viral. I think some of you watched that. It was so good. And it just felt so relatable. And... Her performance was so interesting and it was so interesting and really admirable because even though she's happily married, she still portrayed or she still sang it with uh, with really sad expressions and really um, relatable tune or... You know, she was able to storytell the things that's in the lyrics. So there's also the line that says, Saan natigil ang pagiging totoo sa tuwing mababanggit na mahal mo ko? So that means in English, where did you stop? being truthful or being honest whenever you say that you love me and this is a song wherein a lot of people can relate to i also relate to this because i was also in that kind of situation oh it's raining again (laughs) but anyway going back i was in that situation again wherein i settled for less i settled to be with someone knowing that I am not the person that he's in love with or I'm not the person that he wants to be with. So when this was sang by Miss Moira and this one trended, I can totally relate to it and I felt so heartbroken and it was just whoa a flashback of of that experience so yeah it it's this song i don't know other songs right now as of the moment that's painful for me but just this because i've i've been listening to more chill ones and you know songs that can make me sleep because of my insomnia and songs that you know that are 
vibrant and chill and and just uh, happy songs <laughs> but yeah um this one really hit me differently but of course with uh with other international artists you have you have lani and you have, <laughs> you have taylor swift i mean her latest album her latest songs there are also songs that are really painful because of her experiences and she's also a good storyteller so yeah i think that's it for question number <laughs> question number nine i am not gonna add more to it okay let's continue and move on to question number 10 <laughs> wait lang tita ko ba yung nagtanong nito <laughs> okay question number 10 says what age do you want to get married first off i think it's not just about what i want for me it's important to to also know what your partner wants and i think it's important to to just respect each other's timeline or each other's priorities at at the moment and i just don't have any specific date or specific age maybe siguro as long as <laughs> it it doesn't get to a point where i'm already 40 in my late 40s or in my late 50s <laughs> Oy, but don't underestimate those ages because there are actually people still getting married in their 40s or in their 50s but yeah like i said it has to be a decision that you make with your partner it's not just about what you want or what i want it's always up to the both of you it should be a decision that you really plan out and you have to be ready you have to be ready both ready emotionally physically and financially financially talaga guys <laughs> because um you also have to to know when is the right or reasonable or practical time for for marriage so yeah, as long as napag-uusapan naman, as long as um, it's mentioned and the both of you see each other being together in the long run, then that's that's fine. And you don't really owe anyone any explanation. It I just find it, <laughs> wait lang I just find it funny and foolish sometimes. Uh, I used to get this a lot, especially. I'm already, what, 27? And before, I was asked a lot by relatives. You know, this is definitely one of the top five questions that you get on <laughs> reunions and family gatherings. And I'm not super affected, actually. I'm not affected or offended because i just absorb it and i'm like uh, okay it's it's fine i mean i i don't really owe them like a very big explanation uh, 
I just I just answer sarcastically or I answer in a very foolish way. <laughs> like now. I I I just find it really funny with with this question. But yeah, it has to be decided by both of you, you and your partner. Okay? Okay. <laughs> That's all. That's all I have to say. Okay, now question number 11. It says, have you ever ghosted someone or has someone ever ghosted you? Can you elaborate ghosting? Okay, so for those who do not know what ghosting means or what ghosting is, it's the term used to describe, you know, the action or the practice when a person cuts all ties with you or a person seizing all kinds of communication and contact with with you and it doesn't just apply to to a partner or to a lover or to a potential yeah a potential lover or potential partner but it also applies to all sorts of relationships to friends to to a family member and even to employees you know employees can also be ghosted by their employers so there's a lot of cases and it's one of uh, it's one of the common dilemmas and issues that we are facing especially now that you know in social media we have dating apps or dating websites wherein we can talk and we can communicate to a lot of people and meet new people so ghosting is a very common experience and if i was ever ghosted yeah of course i was ghosted by someone and to share a little bit of that it was what was that uh i met him through a relative and then he started texting me he got my number when we met he started texting me he started to flirt he started to you know give me attention he was saying that oh you are you have been my crush for a very long time i admire you i adore you he was giving me all of these praises and all of these affection and attention and it's it went on for for months and during that time it was still friendster oh my gosh (laughs) friendster and it was um through text he even he would even buy me load just so i can reply to him but hey no hate okay no hate to anyone that i've been with anyone that i've dated before it's all good guys i am (laughs) i have I am happy and I have moved on from all of the past experiences that I've had. But I'm just sharing and there's no shade, okay? There's no shade to any of this. But yeah, it, um, ultimately, he stopped and there was no more reply. 
I would check on my friends there, but there's no messages. And I would miss call him, but there's no answer. So, you know, you, you just give up. You, you ultimately get tired. And for me, kasi I don't want to beg for someone to stay and be super desperate. At least I know that I tried, but I don't want to overdo it. And I know that to myself that love should not be begged. It's one of the things that should not be begged. And it should be something that is given freely, something that is given equally. So yeah, it's it's that experience with ghosting and the other question if i ever ghosted someone sadly yes i'm not a perfect person i like i said i did a lot of mistakes as well and i did a lot of stupid young mistakes and it was at the time wherein I was also confused with what I wanted in life. It was at the time wherein I was also uh, looking for for what I wanted or looking for um, looking for for love or for looking for attention and for something that would satisfy me or something that would fill me. And my little story about that, of ghosting someone, was because I did not want to be unfair to that person. I think that's one of, one of the biggest reasons that you ghost someone, no? It's so awful of me. But, oh wait, I do remember giving him... A last message. I did give him a last message wherein I told him that I'm not ready to be in a serious relationship or to really entertain a guy because I am still grieving. I am still recovering from from a loss and I just really want to focus on on myself and to really become a better version of myself. I I remembered. I do remember. So is that still considered ghosting? I think I just blocked him. I just stopped replying to him ultimately. Yeah. I think I did that. I, I, I think I did. <laughs> so now I'm not sure. Because I did. I did remember it. Um, giving him that reason actually there were two i ghosted two people oh my gosh yeah two people i ghosted two people but before i got ties with them i told them honestly why i have to stop communicating with them and why i should you know keep myself at a distance so yeah, I don't know if it's, if that's still ghosting. But I hope that people will start knowing how to be more honest and start 
avoiding that kind of method because nobody nobody actually deserves that kind of um treatment or that kind of you know that kind of response and we can actually try to be more honest and just say that you know we're not you're not interested you aren't interested and that this is the kind of boundary that you have to set or you know you shouldn't be responsible for how someone's ego reacts and that you're only responsible for your actions and yeah you you really have to to remind yourself that you have the right to say no so that's also one of the learning process that i've encountered and one uh, one that stings <laughs> one that stings and one that is very eye-opening as well i really don't know if i made sense with the ghosting part but i hope it helped even just a little bit <laughs> i hope it was a little bit insightful but here we have question number 12 and it's very serious it says can you ever forgive someone who abused you in a relationship okay so if i was in this position or if i am in this kind of circumstance wherein i was abused i would say no I would say that it's hard and it's difficult. And honestly, I haven't experienced this. And if I go on, it would just be unfair to pretend like I know what to do and I know what to answer to this. I haven't I haven't been sexually abused. I haven't been physically abused. I haven't been emotionally abused ever in my life. So I do not know how to really respond to this question but i do want to say that if you are in an abusive relationship please try to reach out please allow other people in your lives to help you please do seek the right treatment and the right help so that you can overcome this and that you can get out of this and if you are having a hard time to decide right now i hope there comes a day wherein you finally realize and you finally you know tell yourself that it's time that this should be stopped and abuse is to me very hard to forgive it's really unforgivable to me because it's such a big huge trauma you know that that can be that can be inflicted or that can be done to anyone so if anyone's listening 
who's experiencing this, please do reach out if you know anyone that's also struggling with this kind of problem. Please also reach out to them and please do help them. It's very important and law exists for for these kinds of treatment, you know, for abusive people, for abusers, so that they get the punishment that they deserve and that they need to face. Alright, so we have question number 13, and it's as serious as question number 12. It says, what advice can you give to people who are gaslighted by their partners? Uh, Okay, so everyone who is not familiar with what gaslighting is, gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. And gaslighting is a very effective tactic that causes tremendous pain and suffering to the victims and anyone anyone can be the victim of gaslighting so i think the advice or the insight that i want to say is the same as with question 12 is to really seek help and to allow people to help you assess and differentiate what's going on. You also have to to read things about this and to educate yourself when it comes to serious things like this because there can already be warning signs of gaslighting, but you're not aware. So what I would share... And what I can say, it usually starts with um, traits and behaviors of a person that's trying to gaslight you. What it might look like, uh, okay, I'll give example or examples. It can start with white lies. If someone is telling you a white lie that you know to be false, they might be gaslighting you. Now, not all lies are created equal. For gaslighting to be at play, this must be a white lie. And for example, if you were hmm, if you were looking for for something and that you think that it's very valuable to you and that you have to to really find it because you need to keep it but then the gaslighter would say and would let you question that oh you don't need this thing you just have to throw it you really have dozens of other valuable valuable things so it's just other you feel like it it's something little or it's just a small kind of white lie but then ultimately it becomes 
or it becomes um, consistent and it be- and it actually becomes gradual and ultimately it weakens your reality basta it it makes you question your your thoughts it makes you question your your memories and then another one would have to be denial okay denial in the face of proof the sign would be when someone is insisting that they're not lying even if you have proof that they are that's also considered gaslighting and they do this to to disrupt to disrupt to disrupt your perception perception of truth and to get you to doubt the proof that you have and next mm, what else of course manipulate to manipulate you with your feelings towards people or mm, things against you okay a gaslighter will try and twist the way your the way you feel about people or things you love because by doing this they they eliminate competition for your love and sort of create a higher level of dependability upon upon them so it gaslighting does not just does not just happen in in a relationship in marriage it happens in all sorts of relationships it can happen between you and a family member it can happen between you and a friend it can happen to you and your boss so really it's important to to examine and to assess every time and they they really wear you down over time it's exhausting this sign is or this acts you know are are what makes it so destructive because it is conducted slowly and the effects okay the effects gradually affect you the victim your conscience your perception of reality and ultimately it will wear you down and lastly would be um, their actions their actions do not match their words so it's important to to examine their actions as opposed to what they're telling you because gaslighting will only work if you allow their words to have more power than their actions they are simply using their words to distract you from their actions so this is very common when gaslighting occurs and yeah like i said in question 12 i haven't been emotionally abused i haven't been gaslighted but i've read about this and i've educated myself about this and it's important that you you distinguish and that you examine over and over and assess yourself with these kinds of situation
So we have the second to the last. Second to the last question. How did you heal from a broken heart? Well, there are a lot of ways that that I considered and that I tried on how I on how I was able to heal my broken heart. And it always depends kasi with the impact with how hard you fell <laughs> and you were torn there are other people who can move on really fast and there are other people like me who took a long time to recover and to heal so my answer is that it's just the same or similar with my answer to question number eight you just really have to give yourself space and time to mend what was broken and what was damaged and not force it you have to have your own timeline it's up to you on what you need to do and what is best to protect your heart to to guard your heart there are mm, there are instances wherein or there were instances wherein I built a very thick high wall to surround me from other people there were also instances wherein I was I was just careless and really irresponsible with how with how I managed my my brokenness but it was all a learning process and I really I really give I really gave myself the time before I entered into a, another serious relationship I was single for 5 years and within those five years, I, I cannot say that I did not entertain people. I did, but I also made sure that I was honest and I was true to anyone who showed interest to me that, hey, I'm, I'm just not ready for it yet, for settling down or for a very serious one. I am lost and I am still recovering and that explains all the ghosting siguro from you know from my experiences with that ghosting two people <laughs> within those um, five years because I just know to myself that I will be unfair and that I'm not going to be as responsible as I can be so that's how I was able to heal. It will really take time and it depends on people. But that's just me. I'm sorry it was cut. So to continue my answer. Yeah, I did a lot of methods too. A lot of different changes to heal and to recover 
with my broken heart. I did things that I'm passionate about. I focused my energy and my time into having fun and experiencing the things that I haven't experienced yet. I also did some traveling, a lot of reading, a lot of mingling here and there, a lot of exploring until I until I was you know, I was ready and I was realizing that oh, I I actually want to be in a commitment already. And with my current one, it was interesting because it came unexpectedly. When you're when you're not looking, <laughs> when you're not looking, it just comes. And with my current one, it started foolishly and it started so <laughs> immature and rocky because we both weren't serious or we just didn't know what to do <laughs> at the very beginning it was it was just me trying to entertain him but in all seriousness i didn't know what what i wanted and i was still in the process of recovering from you know from all the other guys that i like or the other guys that i was in love with and other guys that I entertain, so here and there. So when when it happened or when when that moment happened between me and my current relationship, it was all I thought it was just like the other ones. I didn't see myself being serious with him as well. I didn't see myself really committing to him because we were friends first. Like I met him 2012 and we we were friends and 2017 it was when we started to really date. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it it would just surprise you in the most unexpected ways so what's important is that you just give yourself time you give yourself you know the chance to understand what you're feeling to understand the brokenness in you so that it will really it will really heal and it will it will give you room for someone else because if you're still holding on and if you're still not really still not ready or you're not yet sure there's a slightest chance that you're not sure then you're not yet prepared or you're not yet healed and we have the last question number 15 it says, I heard an episode you had with your BF. Okay, that's episode two. How's your heart and what's the best thing about him? And the best things you learned through the years that you can impart on making things work out. 
<laughs> sorry work out or work out between two people okay um first thank you for <laughs> for listening to that episode my heart is in a good place like i said as well earlier while i was answering the other questions and the best thing about andre is that <laughs> i can't pick i can choose one thing but you know he mm. i just cannot pick one best thing about him because everything is is the best about him and he just makes me feel loved and he he respects me and understands me and really makes an effort to to really show his affection he's so clingy <laughs> and i'm also very clingy which is perfect And he's the kind of guy that is really into updating. Like in every in every day-to-day things that he's doing, especially during this pandemic. He updates me a lot with with what's happening to him, how how his day went and what his plans are, and I think that's really important. Also, he's very. Mm, he's also very forgiving, and he also tolerates me because I feel like I don't give him enough credit, or you know, people just think that I'm the one that's always tolerating him. <laughs> But. In actuality, in all honesty, he also tolerates all of my, you know, all of the things that that I lack and all of the things that I'm not good at. And what's good is that in every conflict that we have, we can fix it, we can talk about it, and, you know, we learn from each other and we move on and we work harder we work harder for it to really work and i think that's one of the things that i want to impart when you are in a relationship to really find you know the right kind of communication that works for you guys and and that you both comprehend what you you are talking about and what you're communicating about and also what's best is that i get to i get to learn a lot of things and to you know be more involved in other new things because of him so i think that's also the best And that's all I can think of at the moment. And this is or 
This has been one of the longest podcasts that I've ever recorded. It's probably going to last for an hour. So yeah, um, I hope that all of my answers were were insightful and were tad bit helpful to to everyone who asked. And again, it's just insights. And I hope that you know you got something encouraging, something comforting in in my words and in what I've said or what I shared. done with this episode i decided that i'm no longer going to include the spoken word poetry segment because it's gonna prolong episode five even further so i really do not want to bore you even more i just hope that everything that i shared here was or were somehow helpful and encouraging to everyone that asked so please look forward to episode 6 this time I promise that in episode 6 I will be reading two poems two poems that I intended to include in episode 3 and here in episode 5 so one is about mental health and the other one is about relationships So that's it. I hope you guys are safe and you guys are hanging in there. And I hope you have a good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Bye. Thank you. Till next time.